Blessings to one and all, and welcome to another episode of the Infinite Journey Podcast. I'm Paul James Caden, and in today's show, we are going to be talking about the subject of guardian angels. Now, this is a very popular subject. There are a lot of people that want to know more about the angels, if it's possible to communicate with, to have interaction with their guardian angels or angels in general. So we're going to get into all of that, but we're also going to talk a little bit about what the Arantia book says about angels or more specifically our guardian angels. So I'm very excited to talk about this topic today because this is one of my favorite topics in the world to talk about. But before we get into our conversation in this episode, I want to take a couple moments to answer a question that several people have asked me. And I wanted to answer this question in a podcast because I think the answer is important. And it's important to each and every one of us. And the question is, people, you know, several people have asked, you have been talking and referring to the Arantia book quite often in your podcast lately. This wasn't something you really talked about in the past. Maybe you touched on it here and there. So what's changed is that you're talking more about this book in this particular podcast. And that's a great question. And the answer is, just to give a little background, I started reading... The Arantia book, it will be five years this coming December. I found it to be a very interesting book, and I'm going through it slowly. I haven't read the entire thing, although I do separate research on various topics that are in the Arantia book that I haven't read the papers in the Arantia book on those topics yet. So it's it's something that I'm really digging into, and it's it's really fascinating. And it's not something that I wanted to talk about at length on any of my shows, because I wanted to make sure that, for me, it resonated and that I felt this thing was for real. And I've come to that point, even though I was very excited the first time I I cracked the cover of the Arantia book and started reading, I was intrigued, I was excited about what I was reading, and it resonated. But I didn't want to get ahead of myself and start talking about those things only later to find out like, oh, you know, this isn't really what I thought it was. But it really is uh, seeming to be what I think it is. And people that read the Arantia book, myself included, since 1955, when it was first published, have all had the same reaction. And, and I find that incredible. That from day one, the people that have read it, all said several things. They all said, this makes more sense 
than anything I've ever read. It connects a lot of dots and fills in a lot of blanks. And it makes me realize and begin to awaken to everything I already knew was the truth and believed. And it's definitely had those impacts on me in my life. The Arantia book isn't something that tells you what to believe like many other uh, religious books or holy books that are out there distributed and venerated in our world. The Arantia book does not claim to be infallible. It is not something that beats you over the head with doctrine and tells you this is what you must believe. The Arantia book actually teaches that Jesus was the founder of the religion of personal experience. Your personal experience with God, your personal relationship with the Father, and there's no middleman. There's no priest, no pastor, no church, no organization that stands between you and your experience, your journey, your relationship with the Creator of all. And it is also a book that, as I said, it, it reminds us of what we already knew. It's kind of this awakening that happens. And that was what was so beautiful about it for me. Because I've spoken on many of my shows before about my faith as a little child, what I thought, what I perceived as God, and how I interacted with that presence around me and within me. And how after I got introduced to mainstream religion, uh, that really kind of got taken away because I told all, was told all of that was wrong. So my quest for many years has been getting back to my authentic spirituality and the Arantia book for me was the last stop that said, aha, all that stuff I thought about, all that stuff I believed, all that stuff I already knew, here it is being, uh, if you will, uh, spit back at me <laughs> or reflected back at me by the Arantia book. And it just really brought me full circle. And it has done that for a lot of other people. So that's why I feel confident uh, referring to the book, talking about it, because I, I think it's a great book. And it's one of the only books that I've read in my life that reflects that feeling of love that I've only gotten in my life in my own personal angelic encounter when I was 12 years old. So I, I find and I feel that kind of energy in the words of the Arantia book. So those two things, if nothing else for me, bringing me back to what I know and already knew was the truth and feeling that energy of that love of God and the love of the angels in the words really drove it home for me. And this is something I've always wanted 
everybody to experience. As I've always said, if we could experience the love of God for just one minute in our lives, it is such a wonderful feeling. You start pursuing that more and more. And the things of this world just aren't as important as they used to be. You treat people better. You live your life with more peace. And if I could refer people to the Arantia book and help them get a little glimpse of that and start following that thread to their own experience of divine love, then I've done my job and more. I can't make anybody or wave a magic wand and have everybody I talk to have an angelic experience like I did. But if there is a book I can refer them to that will help them find that experience in some way or another just by experiencing God, then that's the greatest thing I feel that I could do for any person because that feeling, that peace, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I know you wouldn't either if you experienced it. But now speaking of the way that I experienced this divine love in my life was through a personal angelic encounter when I was 12 years old. And we are talking today about guardian angels. And angels are a wonderful way to help all of us experience that love of God in our lives. In reading from truthbook.com, they put it very uh, nicely talking about angels when they say, Angels are a very important part of our spiritual life. The Arantia book states unequivocally that they are real and that there are many types of angels such as archangels, guardian angels, and seraphim. Angels are a part of the vast hosts of personal beings spanning the personality range between the infinite God and humankind. Angels guide us, teach us, and protect us. Only the pure spirit fragment of the Universal Father, which is what we talked about in the last podcast, the indwelling thought adjuster, so we could put it this way, only the indwelling divine thought adjuster that dwells within the heart of each person comes into closer spiritual contact with humans than angels do. So according to the Arantia book, we have the divine spirit within us, that divine fragment, the indwelling thought adjuster. And that is the closest spiritual being and presence to us because it is a part of God. God permeates all things. But after the divine thought adjuster comes the angels. They are the second closest 
spiritual beings to us in our lives and on, on our journey back to the Universal Father. And they teach us, they guide us, and they protect us. The Arantia book tells us that the angels love us like with this incredible heavenly love. They have a great affection for human beings and they, they care for us deeply and they work tirelessly to be there for, for us and to help us on our spiritual journey. The Arantia book also tells us that the guardian seraphim are not mind, though they do spring from the same source that also gives origin to mortal mind, the creative spirit. Guardian angels or the seraphim are mind stimulators. They continually seek to promote circle-making decisions within the human mind. They do this not as the thought adjusters do, operating from within and through the soul, but rather the guardian angels influence us from the outside in, working through the social, ethical, and moral environment of human beings. The Arantia book tells us that the seraphim are not the divine adjuster lore of the Universal Father, but they do function as the personal agency of the ministry of the Infinite Spirit. The Arantia book also tells us that mortal man, subject to thought-adjuster leading, is also amendable to seraphic or guardian angel guidance. The adjuster is the essence of man's eternal nature. The seraphim is the teacher of man's evolving nature. It is also stated in the Arantia book that angels do not have material bodies, but they are definite and discrete beings. They are of spirit nature and origin. Though invisible to mortals, they perceive you as you are in the flesh without the aid of transformers or translators. They intellectually understand the mode of mortal life and they share all of man's nuances, emotions, and sentiments. They appreciate and greatly enjoy your efforts in music, art, and real humor. They are fully cognizant of your moral struggles and spiritual difficulties. They love human beings, and only good can result from your effort to understand and love them. And lastly, from the Urantia book, it says that seraphim are able to function as material ministers to human beings under certain circumstances, but their action in this capacity is very rare. So my understanding of all this is that the divine thought adjuster speaks to us from the inside out. It is the still small voice that speaks to us from within. But the angels speak to us from the inside out. They are that little voice that sometimes 
seems like it's whispering something in our ear. And I think we hear that very much described and illustrated by the way most people describe their divine intuitions and guidance and flashes of wisdom that come from God. Because many times you'll hear people say something to the effect of, well, you know, there was this problem that I was dealing with. I was looking for answers. I didn't know what to do. And suddenly there was this little voice inside of me that said, whatever it said. And at that moment, I knew what I had to do. Well, that would be the divine thought adjuster speaking to us from the inside out. But then you'll hear people also say, well, you know, there was this problem I was dealing with. I didn't know what to do. I was confused. I was afraid. And suddenly I heard this voice in my mind, almost like someone whispered in my ear. Well, that is the ministry of angels speaking to us and giving us guidance from the outside in. And it is also hypothesized that the guardian angels, or angels in general, can communicate directly with our divine thought adjuster. And then the thought adjuster would disperse that information or that guidance to us in the way that it sees fit, whether it comes through a feeling, a gradual understanding of something, or whether it comes uh, as that inner voice that speaks to us very loudly, but it would still be advice or ministry from the angels coming through the indwelling thought adjuster. And so this is what it means when it says in the Arantia book, and I mentioned this in the, the last show, where the Arantia book tells us we have perfect guides. They're always there for us. They're always there to love us and guide us and protect us. We're never alone. And they're always there for us to speak to. Just like when I was a little kid, I need help. Hey guys, what should I do? And maybe just tune in and listen, or just give them time to bring the information. Because that information will always come. We always have help. Perfect guides to help us on this journey. And the Arantia book tells us that we can come to this place when we seek God with all of our heart, when we want to know more of the truth of God and to walk in the truth and the light of God and the ways of love and worship God and grow our faith and our spiritual values and cooperate with the divine thought adjuster to spiritualize our thoughts. We can come to a place where our mortal minds are more enlightened and we hear more clearly the still small voice or the voice of the divine thought adjuster that is speaking to us all the time. 
because the thought adjuster is always giving us information, always speaking to us. And I believe that the angels are as well. And when we reach that point of enlightenment in our own minds, that we can also hear more clearly the guidance of our guardian angels when they speak. And so we're more in tune with those perfect guides, able to hear what they're telling us, to hear the wonderful heavenly advice and comfort that they're giving us no matter what we're facing. And that is just an awesome, awesome thought to think about. You know, for many years in my life, I was interested in spiritualism. And uh, not so very long ago, when I had canceled my show, uh, The Spirit Side, I was looking for uh, a new podcast that I could really sink my teeth into. And I went through several shows that I did, you know, one or two shows and then, or maybe more. And then I kind of, you know, let it go because it really wasn't resonating. I did one called The Mystic Fire, which was more on mysticism because I've always been interested in mysticism. But I, I found that kind of thing, uh, having a show that was more specialized, talking about one particular topic uh, just seemed a little redundant. And after that, I tried one with spiritualism, you know, talking about uh, communicating with our angels and communicating with the spirits of our loved ones. And now, in my spiritualist interest, I never believe that we could just call up any spirit or any t at any time. Uh, that was up to God whether we made connection or not. So I differed from other spiritualists in their thought. But now that I'm going down this road, and I'm reminded of what I've always really believed about the spirit world, and my belief really is that our loved ones go on. And they're not hanging around here on earth, watching over our shoulders all the time. That's the job and the ministry of the angels and the indwelling thought adjuster. Although I do feel, and this is just my personal opinion through personal experience and study, if God so deems however the spirit world works, that occasionally we might see our loved ones, or get a hint of their presence in our lives, kind of that reminder that, hey, I'm still here, I'm alive, I'm thinking about you, I love you, and then they're gone. They're not hanging around, giving us all these crazy messages all the time. Uh, that's just my belief, and it, it's always been my uh, belief uh, before I you know, got into spiritualism. But as I'm reminded, I, I mention this because as I'm reminded and get back to what I always felt and always knew about these, what the Arantia book calls the heavenly perfect guides that are always with us. They're always there. You know, I find that there's no need to 
try to contact other spirits. Because I have all I need within me and right there with me, my indwelling spirit of God and my guardian angel. And if by some divine providence or divine decree, uh, they want to allow uh, something of a loved one to come through once in a while to give me a snippet of a memory or whatever it may be, that, that's up to God. But I don't need to be seeking after those things. And I say that because I think that's true for all of us. Because all of us in our spiritual quest, we, we all go through stages of learning and stages of things that we're interested in. And some people will try to talk to spirits and some people will uh, try to talk to trees or nature or, you know, a host of different things that they'll look for spiritual guidance, statues. You know, statues are a big one. You know, people have statues of Jesus and Mary and various saints. And they'll, they'll you know, say prayers of petition, you know, help me. And, uh, you know, look for some kind of sign that these saints or religious figures are helping them or being active in their lives. But then when you really think about it, heaven itself is available to us. It's right there with us and within us through the indwelling thought adjuster and the ministry of the angels. It's within us and all around us. What more comfort, what more counsel, what more wisdom do we need than that? I would venture to say none. Because that is all-encompassing, all-satisfying. It is wonderful. It is enlightening. And you don't have to have statues and rituals or go into some trance state to connect with higher intelligence in the spirit world. It's always right there. To just ask and listen. And for me, I always knew that. But through getting lost and scattered through organized religious indoctrination and, you know, afraid to believe what I really believed because I was told I could be deceived and it was demonic and it was wrong and it was all of these different things, I had to go through all of these steps things that I thought about, things I was interested in, things that looked a little interesting. I had to go through all of these steps to get back to myself, to get back to the true presence of God in my life. And that's what we're all doing. Little by little, we, we are seekers of spiritual truth. And according to the Arantia book, that will never really end. We will reach the paradise of the Father. And we will know a lot more than we know now. But then our adventures and our learnings 
go on for eternity because there's so much to know and so much to see. I mean, what an adventure the soul goes on. And it all starts right here and now. Listening to the still small voice within and the voice of the angels that gently whisper to us in our ears from the outside in. It is everything that any of us will ever need. And you know, the angels also, just in my personal experience and study, they sometimes do appear to us. Sometimes they can take a very active role in our lives and lead us and guide us. Other times they may appear just briefly. You hear stories of people that are on their sickbed, terminally ill. And an angel appears in the room. It's there for maybe 10 seconds, 20 seconds. It disappears and the person is miraculously healed. Or it brings them peace and comfort emotionally. I've read stories of people that were lost. A person that was lost in the woods. They, they, um, I believe they went on a hiking, camping trip, and they ended up getting lost. Didn't know where they were. The map was all wrong. They couldn't ori, you know, orient themselves to which direction to go in to get back to civilization. They were panicked. And one night they saw. The shape of a looked like an angel. Bright white light, a being with wings pointing in a certain direction. And this was startling to see something like this in the woods, but the person had the sense to walk in the direction that this angelic light being was pointing in. And within about an hour's worth of walking in the middle of the night, they found their way to civilization. So angels interact with us in wonderful ways. And I know for me, I had a more direct experience with an angel when I was 12 years old. And I really think because I didn't have a lot of guidance in my life. You know, my mother was a wonderful person, but my father, when he was younger, he was a heavy drinker. He had a lot of emotional outbursts. He could be uh, verbally abusive. My mother had uh, high anxiety. She had nervousness. Uh, he really put her through the ringer. So sometimes she was a little detached or uh, maybe not, maybe is not on the ball as a mother as she should have been to two young kids as me and my brother. You know, but I mean, she, she was, she was a wonderful person with a heart of gold, but uh, I, I think in her younger days, it was just too much for her to handle. School was a nightmare. I was the kid that was always picked on. Even the friends I had, they could, they could be mean, they could be insulting, but that was the time in my life I had a real heart for God. This was before. I believe this was before I was introduced to um, organized religion. And I used to talk to God. I used to talk to Jesus. I, and I used to ask all the time. You know, I had years of talking to God. 
And I remember between the years of 11 and 12 years old, I used to ask God and say, God, is there any real love in this world or in this universe? Because all I see is people being mean to one another, being mean to me. You know, if this is all there is, there's there's no hope for any of us. I was like, you know, 11 years old saying this to God. You know, and I, I would just say, you know, everyone just seems so mean and so sad. You know, can you help me? Can you show me that there really is love and hope in this world? And I probably said that for a year, maybe a little better, year and a half. It, it was a while that... I would have this conversation with God in, in my uh, in my room by myself. And one night when I was 12 years old, one evening, uh, I remember I came home from school. It was a horrendous day with the teacher and the other kids. And I went into my room and I was talking to God and I was I was almost in tears just saying, God, you know, you you got to help me you you got to let me know that there's that there's love and hope in this world because you know i just don't know how much more of this i can take i i feel so sad and just so beaten down by this world and the funny thing is when i said that to god i knew him enough within myself that i really felt like at that moment at that breaking point moment you know, when I couldn't take any more of this, I was on the cusp of being a superly chronic depressed kid, you know, and I, I really expected, I remember that feeling, I really expected God to answer me because he was my best friend. And up to that point in life, though the world was cruel, he had never let me down. And I remember asking God at that moment, you know, show me something. You've got to help me and show me that there's love and hope. You, you have to. And I remember looking up at the sky out of my bedroom window, and it was about 4.30, quarter to 5, just coming dark. It was the month of November, the exact date. Some of you may uh, remember uh, from previous podcasts. It was November 15th, 1979. And I looked out of the window, and it was one of those dusk was coming, and there was like dark black clouds streaking across the sky. You know, the hint of snow or some flurries were, were coming. And I looked up at those dark clouds against the dusk sky, and I saw this white light in back of one of the clouds, just above it. And it came down into the backyard, and there unfolded to be an angelic being that was with me for many years in my life. She brought comfort, she brought insight, she brought wisdom. I had that more one-on-one -on -one ministry of an angel. Because... I, I think I needed it. I had no one else to tell me these things. And as a 12-year-old kid, I, I had a real heart for God. I loved God beyond anything or anybody else. 
And somehow I think that that just moved heaven at that moment. My own inner thought adjuster at, at, at that age. And something happened. And the love I experienced, the unconditional love I experienced through the presence of that angel, though life had its ups and downs and I was not always perfect and am still not, it was an incident that shaped my life from that day onward. And that's why I always say if you can experience that kind of divine love, it will change your life forever. I wrote something about that kind of love I experienced through an angel once upon a time. And hope, hopefully one day I've written a, a few books in my day. But I've gone in other directions uh, since. And this was uh, something I was writing about angels that was going to be a book. And you know maybe I'll get it out there one day. But I described it in this writing. That the love of God through this angel was not only something that you felt emotionally, you felt it in your emotions, in your mind, in your body, in every cell, in every atom of your body, and in your soul, in your spirit. You felt it all around you, in the air, in the trees, every leaf, every blade of grass, every breeze that was blowing, if you were outside, you felt it everywhere. It was almost like it was a tangible force within you and in the atmosphere all around you. It was so euphoric and so beautiful. It was almost like you were standing in another dimension, even if you were standing in surroundings that you were very familiar with. It was all-encompassing, all-uplifting. You had such a great love for everything and everyone around you in the world. You just, that love absorbed you and came from you where you yourself were a part of that love, loving everyone, loving everything. And I described that love of God coming from that angel like an interdimensional or metaphysical thread where if you were standing in the realms of heaven with that kind of love, it almost seems like you could catch hold of one little fabric of that tangible love and that one little fabric could take you to, to infinite other realms within the kingdom of God and there are an infinite number of fragments and threads of that divine love in the kingdom of God it's an amazing feeling and once you feel it, you would give up anything to have it all the time. It changes your life. And it makes you absolutely know 
that that is the kind of love, that is the kind of place you want to be in forever. It's just incredible. And it's also, through that love, a thought can be conveyed without even speaking because it travels on the waves and those fabrics of that tangible love. And you just feel and know what the other person is thinking and saying to you without speaking a word. Don't ask me how I know that, but I do. And that was only what I experienced, a very small pin tip of the iceberg of what divine love truly is. And it was absolutely mind-blowing. So imagine what that will be like when we truly stand in the presence of God. Man, I want that more than anything this world could ever offer. And that's the beauty of angels, is that we can experience that kind of love, that little taste of the love of God through the presence of our guardian angels. So talk to them, interact with them, talk to your indwelling adjuster, talk to your perfect guides, and ask them to show you and help you to feel and experience that kind of love, even if it's just once in your life. I guarantee it will change everything you ever thought or knew about this thing called life. So ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I appreciate you listening. As always, stay safe, be well, be blessed. I hope that you've gotten something out of this conversation today. Walk in the light, walk with your angels, and I will see you next time here on The Infinite Journey. God bless everybody.